This is a Soulfire production. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Today I have a very special return guest, this time solo, my dear friend Chase from the Medicine Podcast. I am sure many of you are already very familiar with Chase because I know a lot of you already listen to the Medicine Podcast where Chase and his partner Mimi talk about all things conscious relationships and holistic health and spirituality, and they have both been on this show a number of times. You can listen to episode 478 and 497 to get some more of Mimi and Chase. Both of those episodes were super popular, and that's where you can learn more about Mimi and Chase's riveting relationship history going from childhood sweethearts, to married, to divorced, to spiritual awakenings, to back together again. And also some really amazing relationship advice, tools, perspective. And I wanted to have Chase come back on the show to get a man's perspective on stepping into his divine masculine and more unconscious relationships and stepping into spirituality from a man's perspective, because I get so many questions about this from both men and women. When it comes to my business, most of my larger groups and programs and masterminds, those are all primarily women or have been up to this point. But when it comes to one-on-one work, that's where the men are. And I have a lot of male clients who are looking for more information like this and have a lot of questions and want to hear from other men. And then I have women asking questions for their partners in the membership, for example, and other containers. So I wanted to have Chase on to answer a bunch of questions from the community and uh, it's juicy. I think this is gonna be a really amazing resource for so many of you and maybe this is one that you share around with people in your life. I'll also just preface that in this conversation, we talk about masculine and feminine energy and as I explained, many times before and more in depth in other places, we all have both masculine and feminine energy that is outside of gender or sex. The frame of reference in this podcast because of who's talking, you know, is a relationship between a man and a woman where the man is more in his divine masculine and the woman is more in his divine feminine because the frame of reference is Chase and his relationship with Mimi. But when it comes to polarity, the same principles, because this is about energy, apply to same-sex relationships. So I just wanted to remind you of that because when it comes to these energetic principles, everybody can apply this no matter what your sexual orientation is, what your sex is, what your gender is. We're just speaking from our personal frames of references and how, how we identify, but this can apply to anybody. Masculine and feminine energy is within everybody. And if this prompts, sparks more questions, please let us know. I'm sure I could get Chase to come back on. I'm sure I could get Mimi to come back on. We always have plenty to talk about. So you guys are going to love this conversation. And before I jump into it, just a couple of quick reminders on my end, what's going on over here. I'm hosting a giant business energetics masterclass, April 11th and April 12th. 
I've been wanting to do this for a long time. You know, I talk a lot about business energetics on the podcast and I'm really excited to dive deeper into this in this masterclass. It's going to be a a two day event. It's going to be pretty all encompassing. But if you are interested in really mastering the energetics when it comes to your business, which I think is so foundational because you can apply this to any business model. And it really is the reason why, you know, you can give a hundred people, the same exact strategy and what makes it work for some people and not others. There's the element of what feels authentic for them and what's ideal for them, but really at its core, everything is energetic. And so when you can really understand the energetics of your business itself and your relationship with, with your business and you master how energy flows in that realm, it's going to open up everything for you and make business decisions so much easier. So this is about co-creating with your business instead of suffocating it or forcing it to be something that it's not. So I'm super excited for this business energetics masterclass. To me, this is foundational. This is game changing. This is stuff that people don't teach. And I really think every business owner needs to know. So again, that's going to be on April 11th and 12th. You will get the replays if you sign up and the link to sign up for that will be in the show notes. Additionally, I will remind you that it is the last month to sign up for No BS Biz School. This has been my signature business coaching program and I am putting it in the vault at the end of April. As I shared in my recent podcast, this is a really difficult decision to make because I love this content so much and people have gotten truly like insanely amazing (laughs) results, but it's just a personal alignment thing and shifting what I really want to focus on, which is really the energetics. And so biz school really is a balance of the tangible strategy and business energetics. If you run a service-based business and you are marketing online, I cannot recommend this course enough. It is what I wish I had earlier on instead of going through all of the trial and error uh, to figure out how to work less and make more money. No more trading time for dollars. I know how many coaches, healers, trainers really struggle because a lot of the business education in your certification programs or schooling isn't really that sufficient. And so this is this is it. Like everything you need is in here. Everything from setting up your offers with different business models, how to scale, how to scale a one-on-one, how to set up pricing, sales calls, marketing, writing magnetic copy, like all of the logistics, plus all of the energetics, manifestation in business, balancing masculine and feminine energy in business, brain rewiring for abundance. It's like 10 years of business coaching packed into one course. So it's something that you can return to as many times as you need. And people have gone from broke and in debt to six-figure businesses, multiple six-figure businesses, and doing that really quickly. I've had clients go from making $0 to making $60,000 within three months. It's all about building a business in flow. So if you want to learn more about that, go to bit.ly slash nobsbizschool. You can also go to christinathechannel.com slash courses. The link will be in the show notes. If you do sign up for the course, everybody who's in biz school is going to get the uh, business energetics masterclass that I'm running on the 11th and 12th already included. So you don't need to pay for both of those. And everybody who's already currently enrolled will get access to that, of course, as well. And we are having a big two-day virtual live immersion on April 21st and April 22nd, literally two full days for community questions. It's going to be so much fun, a great space to connect with other like-minded people, other entrepreneurs, and of course, 
get a chance to have me answer any questions from logistics to energetics as personal as you want, we're going to dive in. So if you've been thinking about joining biz school, this is quite literally your last chance as I am putting the course as it is now in the vault. So listen to your intuition. You'll know if it's the right fit or not. And you could head to that page, bit.ly slash nobsbizschool and check out a ton of testimonials from previous clients and people who have been through the program. All right. So those are my two main announcements for this episode. And I know you're itching to get into all the juicy spirituality, masculine, feminine, energy, conscious relationship chat. So let's dive into it. Enjoy this conversation with Chase. I've shared many times before that I struggled with clinical depression and really severe anxiety for so much of my life. And a lot of that just got worse as my autoimmune issues developed and I was achy, inflamed, couldn't fall asleep, couldn't stay asleep. I lost my period for four years. It was just not not a good situation. And the thing that changed my life was taking Ned full spectrum hemp oil. At the time, I did not buy into the CBD stuff. I thought a lot of it was BS because I knew a lot of it wasn't sourced properly. And I learned about Ned and their sourcing, got my hands on it, and it was night and day. My mental health completely shifted. I wasn't dealing with anxiety anymore. I was able to fall asleep really easily, stay asleep, sleep the whole night. My inflammation went down. I could finally put my rings on my fingers again. My joints weren't achy anymore and my hormones rebalanced and I finally got my period back. I've been using Ned's products ever since and I'm obsessed with them all. These products are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. All of Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil is extracted from USDA-certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Paonia, Colorado. They are chock full of premium CBD and a full spectrum of active cannabinoids, terpenes, flavonoids, and trichomes. And I have to tell you, I am obsessed with Ned's brand new product, which has been in development for over a year. I got to actually go into HQ and kind of like smell it out as they're developing it. The de-stress blend. Oh my gosh. I'm obsessed. It's a one-to-one formula of CBD and CBG made from the world's purest full-spectrum hemp, and it features a botanical infusion of ashwagandha, cardamom, and cinnamon. CBG is known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. And then we have ashwagandha, which is an amazing Ayurvedic adaptogen that enhances your body's resilience to stress. We have cardamom and cinnamon that taste delicious. Cinnamon is a powerful prebiotic supporting your gut health and cardamom combat stress by helping reduce your blood pressure and cortisol levels. I've been taking this every morning and then in the evening, I'm doing the sleep blend and their lemon mellow. It's the best magnesium on the planet. I'm just full on all of Ned's products I use every single day. They are full transparency. Ned shares third-party lab reports, who farms their products and their extraction process all right there on their website. And you feel the difference. I <laughs> cannot go without this stuff. And if you haven't gotten your hands on it, I can't recommend it enough. If you want to try the new de-stress blend from Ned, we have a special offer for you all specifically. Every order over $40 qualifies for 15% off plus a free de-stress blend sample. Just go to helloned.com slash Christina or enter Christina at checkout to take advantage of this offer. That's helloned.com, H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A. 
to get 15% off plus a free de-stress blend sample on any order over $40. And thank you to Ned for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. Well, I think we'll we'll kick it off by you showing your cards. All right. <laughs> the pronunciation could be it's okay. Fun. You don't have to read the crystal if you don't want. You could just read the description. The- Adventurine. Oh, good job. Create your own luck. Love that. Mm-hmm. Labradorite. See the magic. <laughs> Labradorite. <laughs> <laughs> and citrine. Bring in the light. I love those mm, I for love you. Those. Well, citrine is also about like wealth and abundance mm. and money. Yeah. And adventuring is as well. A lot of a lot of money cards. I'm calling that shiz in. And you know what I wanted to say? I don't think I <laughs> maybe I think I said it in my head now that I'm thinking about this. I don't think I said it out loud to, to you guys, but with houses, something that people don't think about is it's like once we get this much, then we're gonna know, okay, now's the time to buy a house versus I'm deciding I'm buying the house yeah. and moving forward with it, and then the money gets delivered. Yeah. Like I got the I got the money for the down payment for this that I wanted, I could have put less in, but I got the money after I accepted, like I accepted it and then it dropped in. So it was like a total trust fall, but it was like, if the, if the universe doesn't see the need to deliver you more money, it's not going to drop in. Yeah. And, and just living in that reality and that frequency of mm-hmm. it having been delivered, the lifestyle of having it already and yeah. those things show up for you. Yeah. I'm yeah. completely aligned. What else, what else do those mean to you? Right now. See the magic. I love that. We we talk about it, Megan and I, in relationship all the time. We may have even mentioned it on podcast before here, but there is opportunity all the time for magic. We call them magic bubbles, mm-hmm. but they don't have to be at the next vacation or holiday or when you buy somebody a gift. They can literally be just because for whatever reason you've slipped into this little space where things are extra funny. Maybe they're extra intimate. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're, uh, it feels like you're 16 again. And so we're just like, holy shit, this is a magic bubble. I don't know what happened to get here, um, but let's just freaking live in it for a minute. I love that. Yeah. What about the other ones? Bring in the light. Why do you think you got these cards right now? That's mm. my question. To see the magic is a definitely a constant reminder that despite the chaos of this world, there are opportunities for bliss and presence and i think a lot of times it can be easy to slip into the world is coming to an end type mindset Mm -hmm. and so being able to see the opportunity through all of this is is critically important to just living the life that we all you know want to live i think similar like bringing the light in there is light there are opportunities and lessons and learnings uh all over the place despite what the you know various narratives might suggest and then I love this, creating your own luck. Sitting around and, you know, even in the, the manifestation space, right? Like sitting around and waiting for appearances of these things that you desire mm-hmm. is just significantly different than creating, even through just thought processes, mm-hmm. the way that you want to show up, who, who and how you want to be in the world um is a matter of creating your own life yeah well what what luck are you creating for yourself right now Mm, 
I'm creating a killer podcast that <laughs> we're about to record. Great answer. Yeah. Great answer. I love that. All right. Well, I, I want to just kind of jump into questions yeah. that people sent in. I have them separated out from men and then, and then from women. So we have both perspectives. Love it. Um, and I think, yeah, let's just dive into it. I feel like we're going to have a lot of things to talk about. So I want to kind of start at the beginning and I'll group these together. So just some different versions of, I think, what I think is kind of the same topic. One person said, I'm interested in exploring my spirituality and masculine energy, but I don't know where to start. I've realized I'm living out of my wounds. I know I need to heal these and learn to embody more divine masculine energy, but where do I even begin? It's like mm. a lot of this, like, where do I even start once you've realized, okay, this is, this is a yeah. problem. And I think there's a lot of paralysis as soon as they realize it. Yeah, totally. I, I love this question. Um, it's funny. I'm not really going to point anybody towards right out of the gate. Like here's a book, mm -hmm. here's a course, here's a bunch of content find stillness and find presence and identify where those are for you. A lot of times masculinity will find that stillness and presence is actually in the feminine. And so leaning into the feminine will help you align with your own masculinity. Mm -hmm. So let me put that in literal examples. When I need to find balance, which is for me just to be able to listen to my soul's own expression of my own masculinity, I will go into nature. Mother Earth is incredibly feminine. If I can be in nature, literally like vulnerable and energetically naked with Mother Nature, with the feminine, I will start to literally be able to hear the masculine expressions of myself just by polarizing with something feminine. Mm. So like starting point number one would be, where do you find yourself not thinking about the future and not telling yourself stories of the past? You're losing track of time. You're not hungry. You're not worried about work or your schedule or your calendar. It's likely a feminine environment. Sit in that, find time in that space and just start picking up on the signals that your body is giving you. It might speak to you something like, Hey man, <laughs> you're wearing yourself way too thin. Like you're working way too hard. You're pushing, you're actually too penetrating masculine. Rest, relax, find a seat in restoration, which is a feminine practice is, mm -hmm. is resting and, and recovering. Um, or it might be motivating. Maybe you're, you've been sitting on your ass and, and you actually haven't been living your purpose. You've been misaligned and there will be a call, some level of call to adventure, even just like sitting in nature that will rise up in you um, just by having removed the noise and some of the um, interferences in the, in, the, in the modern world. So like mm -hmm. quick hack, get out into nature and just spend a little bit of time in presence and start listening to the cues that your, your body or your soul is giving you. Love that. I think that a lot of men struggle with like when they're they're at that point of where do I start not having any models of what like divine masculine energy is and a lot of them think well I'm a masculine and it's more overthinking and it's more controlling and it's overanalyzing and it's not grounded it's like flighty it's like up here yeah. and I think a lot of times they don't 
even know what it looks like, right? Because maybe all of their, their friends are probably all the same way, right? And so it's like when someone knows, okay, clearly something is off because I'm kind of learning about this or it's coming up in my relationship, but I don't even have like a model or an example. I mean, especially with that kind of mind, it's like, give me the instructions yeah. and I'll follow it. It's hard for somebody, I think, to listen to, like you, you're already, you know, you're very balanced in like, you know how to listen to your intuition and listen to yourself. But a lot of people, like when they're at that place, they don't know how to listen to themselves. So they'll go out and walk in nature, like, yeah, I'm in nature, but like, they don't even know how to, how to listen to what it's saying. Yeah. Or like, how does that translate into like a, a relationship of whatever type or just like living that way versus living from like a, like wounded masculine energy. Yeah. I think the, the surface idea of getting in touch with your masculinity would be like, I'm going to go work out. I'm going to go hang out with the boys. Yeah. I'm going to go hunting or like, I'm going to go, you know, climb to the top of this mountain. Mm -hmm. And those may work to a certain degree. It might, might make you feel the, the mm -hmm. energetic pulse of what it means to be, you know, in alpha. Um, but in the same way that if you're starting like a diet or a fitness protocol and you don't really know where to begin, it's just like dump anything and everything that's coming through your mind into something like a journal. You know, if you're trying to work through digestive problems or nutrition or diet, so much of it is just getting familiar with how you feel when you're changing. And so whether that's like a food tracker, like, Hey, I ate this today. This is how I felt. If you're in, you know, using the example of getting out into nature where you have this very powerful feminine that is polarizing you to probably feel a little more masculine balanced. Start journaling what you feel, what's going through your mind. Don't judge them, just observe them and put them down. Mm. Later, you know, this is where you, you sort of need to tap into your intuition, but later you can put rationale towards them. Like maybe review what you're li like literally jotting down and being like, Hey, this came up for me. I wonder why. Um, something like, using the power of your subconscious, for instance, everybody's had that moment where they wake up out of bed in the morning, immediately have an, an epiphany or an idea. That's because there is a subconscious intuitive processing of your higher purpose that goes on when your rational brain is shut off. Even another, another example would be as you're working on this sort of journal of who you are, what your masculinity represents, just sit on it. You don't need to figure it out right now. There's a good chance if you allow it to just resonate that your intuition will provide some level of solution or enlightenment mm -hmm. um, through, oddly enough, surrendering to this exercise. Yeah, I love that. Where would you say you were at energetically, like, let's say part one? Yeah, I was in complete achiever mode. Mm -hmm. um, it was. I don't really know what my purpose or mission is in life, but I do know that I want to make money. I want to be successful as a businessman. I want uh, to have a successful relationship, I guess, but I didn't really even know what that meant. So it was just like, I'll make great money. We'll eventually buy a house. We'll eventually do really well. We'll be, you know, solid figures in our community. And so all I did was just work and work out. Yeah. <laughs> And obviously, you, if you've listened to our podcast in the past, you know that our relationship suffered because of that. But I was unconsciously just uber masculine, working, no rest, no restoration, no surrender. It was just 
all alpha. Mm-hmm. And then what what did it look like for you to like transition and shift? Like what were the realizations? What were the the moments where you're like, wait, something's here? What were the models or examples? Yeah. So I hit physical. I ignored the fact that my relationship was ruined and yeah. I got a divorce. Um, I kind of just buried that and moved on and in fact doubled down on everything that I was doing. Um, I did hit a, a physical brick wall, full on adrenal fatigue, lost like 25, 30 pounds in a month. Um, and was like, oh shit, uh, I'm, I'm forced to rest and relax now. And so through that whole process, it started physically for me. That was kind of the, the gateway into just realizing that this whole life thing is holistic and how I'm doing one thing is likely how I'm doing another. So it started with the fact that I was all masculine, no feminine in the way that I looked at fitness and nutrition. It was all stress. It was no rest. It was all push, you know, gym, late nights, lots of exercise. I was working, no self-reflection, no uh, rest, recovery. I wasn't even taking days off. And so I was realizing that I was literally all alpha. And so when I realized that physically, I was like, damn, I'm doing this mentally too. Yeah. I don't have any practice for stillness. Let me try this meditation thing. It was a little bit clunky for a while, but then started to see some really profound breakthroughs. I decided to use meditation as a way to finally process and work through my divorce. And then it's just a matter of like establishing a successful feedback loop of these different modalities and practices that keeps you coming back. I think the critical piece to just literally starting anything new is having successfully completed like one loop so that you can psychologically get that feedback of like, hey man, that that actually worked. For me, and I think a lot of people who are high achievers, when you have a success loop and have given the feedback that it worked and you, maybe you even feel better than you ever thought was possible, mm-hmm. you're a little bit like addicted to that feeling. Yeah. So then it's like, what else? Is it, it's not just my health. Maybe it's my occupation and my, and my work life. Whoa, maybe it's the way that I view relationships. Whoa, maybe it's this thing that I've completely denied, which is a connection to higher purpose, God, however you want to articulate that. And then like, I literally just started taking inventory of my entire life and wondering if this balanced approach to uh, life was actually going to serve every single lane. Yeah. I love that. So what's an example for you of like the, the positive feedback in the loop? Yeah. I think a great example um, right out of the gate for me, like 28 years old, when I started uh, meditation, I was super skeptical of like this really, you know, woo woo activity. Um, that woo, that weird thing where you just sit, that's right, so, where you it's just so sit. out there. Yeah. It's so out there. <laughs> but I just, I went pretty hard in the paint. I signed up for uh, a Joe Dispenza, like 30, oh, you, 30 day okay. meditation. Yeah. Um, protocol and it was a little bit of lecture and then it was like 45 minutes of Joe Dispenza meditation. I did this for an entire month. It was the month of January, I think back in 2018. And I did it for the very uh, specific purpose of just, I knew that I was very aware that I was bitter towards my divorce and I was really ready to move on. And so I went into this with an intention of like rewiring my brain Mm -hmm. for not just getting over it, but like 
loving Megan, mm-hmm. rooting for Megan, hoping that she was not just like okay, but but completely thriving. And it was clunky and it was weird. And but I went all in. Like I literally, I literally put all of my effort and intention into doing this thing the right way, despite the noise of my ego being like, dude, this is so lame. Yeah, it's so lame that. You speak, you know, one of the protocols is like every time you think of this old default mode pattern uh, showing up in your life, you have to speak out loud. You have to say the word change. And so I'd, I'd feel this sort of bitter um, comment coming up or this thought and I'd like stop and say out loud change. And then I'd like kind of troll myself for it. <laughs> my yeah. ego would troll myself for it because I was like, oh my God, I'm so deep into this. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but shit, like. 14 days, 21 days into this thing, I'm lighter. I'm uh, floating. Like people are asking me, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm sitting in front of the juve light every morning <laughs> and listening to this Joe Dispenza guy. Yeah. And um, I got that feedback loop because, you know, 30 days after this, a couple of months after this, we actually start, you know, reconnecting, talking. I'm legitimately rooting for Megan. And I can't believe really how amazing this feels and and i've still to this day like put myself back in the energetic space of having successfully sort of worked through this and it gives me confidence into really anything else that's novel maybe i have a little bit of resistance towards um, because i know that that those feelings of resistance are actually nice little indicators that there's a breakthrough on the other side of this yeah i love that so much i feel like it's very like tangible for people because it is true i feel like men like they always are like they just need the win like the yeah. one thing to yeah. say yeah this is working yeah because they have to like see it data yeah, yeah they need the data well okay let's say you're talking to somebody like who sent in one of those questions right and they're like what does it even mean to like be in the divine masculine like what does that mean yeah and this is where i would like steer somebody towards a you know mm-hmm. get really familiar with yourself and just start mm-hmm. to getting getting to know yourself first like internal after that there's some really great work out there just flat out. And it completely blew my mind when I, when I learned about it. I love archetypes and the idea of, you know, archetypical patterns that show up in your life. Um, and so the masculine has, you know, many different archetypes, but there are four primaries, um, the warrior, the king and the magician and the lover. I think they're like Jung psychology, uh, archetypes but there's an incredible book by that by that name king warrior magician lover that is a four-hour read and it's incredibly baseline as far as like the different archetypes of the mature masculine Mm -hmm. and the best part about it is it actually goes into the out of balance immature versions of each one of those archetypes and for me i was like oh shit so i read this book and and completely started like attributing these different archetypical versions to either me or people in my life that I knew. And it was this really beautiful way to sort of like fit myself into the profile of what masculinity looks like. Also allowing the space and the freedom to be a gentler version of masculinity than what our world talks about. Our world idolizes the alpha sort of wolf version of I would say wounded masculine masculinity right (laughs) there are these beautiful more gentle Mm -hmm. yet still safe and powerful and secure versions of being a a masculine 
especially in the magician and the the, the lover archetype. Mm-hmm. And so a book like that, I would really suggest people to to look into because it's like very foundational. And once you get kind of a baseline and, and I would even go through the exercise of, um, you can almost put it into quadrants, like king, warrior, magician, lover. And like you would a vision board or like you would even just a, just a, like a mandala, like art project, like start drawing or writing your attributes in those boxes. And you'll get a pretty good idea of like sort of where you innately sit from a, from a dominant archetype perspective. You know, I'm, I've got a lot, but I'm a lover and a, and a, um, magician more than I am like a warrior and a king. Um, even though I can sit in both of those spaces, I'm a gentler human being. And I realized that is something I compartmentalized for so long. And when I compartmentalized the gentle version of myself, it actually turned into hostility and anger and rage, which is such a weird twist. But when I'm a, when I feel safe enough to prefer holding my partner in her, uh, in her, in her arms, um, versus like achieving and building and there's actually more of a, a masculine feeling of balance for me. And so like, that's a, that's a beginning really like book or tool that I would recommend. Um, and then some others, like that's a really good one to establish where you sort of sit in the profile of masculinity. Um, but then the way of the superior man and all of David Data's work is a, a really nice next step. Um, it mixes really practical, really straightforward with a little bit of the esoteric and a little bit of um, the fluff, which I find really interesting. <laughs> um, similar would be John Wineland, who actually studied under David Data, uh, but he's got a ton of content on YouTube. He's got programs. And so the, those really three baseline resources for me mm-hmm. were massive. Yeah. I, I love John Wyland and David Data. I usually send people to the way of the spirit man. Yeah. Like, but I think the archetypes are so helpful. I know like for me with feminine energy, learning about um, archetypes of feminine energy was, was super helpful. Mm-hmm. And like having those kind of those examples to step into. But I think like when I think about it, just using different words, I mean, going back to kind of like what society has pushed on us as masculinity and I, it's really wounded masculinity versus like the masculine is, is it leads, yeah. it, it holds space. Like, like I think just even thinking about it that like that simply versus I think a lot of men feel like they have to like push and try. And it's like kind of chaotic, honestly, versus like, like when I'm looking like just the energy I feel when someone's in their divine masculine, it's like, it's a leading energy, but it's grounded. It's yeah. calm and it's grounded. It's like, how can I be grounding? How can I be present grounding and lead from that space and also be the container? Yes. And, and that's all it is. So I think of this often perfectly put. Our world wants masculinity to be like a blacksmith, like <laughs> pounding and sharpening tools and creating this, you know, weapon. Mm-hmm. The reality is the proper balanced masculine is like a, a, an artist, like a potter with a clay pot as they're forming it on the wheel. It's penetrating, but it's done in a, in a way that's holding space and allowing for freedom. And that's the feminine, mm-hmm. the, the, the stage for the performance. Masculinity is the stage. And 
you're so spot on. It's like gentle, stable, leading, penetrating, but with a container for freedom. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it feels safe yeah. and it feels grounded. And like, and that's the magic, right? Like when emotions are high, there's like a lot of energy. It's like the masculine is just like the presence and the, like just the energy just grounds you in. You don't yeah. even say anything, you know? And something that really stuck with me last time we podcasted, I don't remember exactly what you said, but I just, I loved it so much where you said something to the effect of like, there was a point where you decided, you're like, how can I just be a safe space for the feminine yeah. or something along those lines like that like really stuck with me i'm like i wish every every man could hear that because it can be that simple and i feel that from you like me yeah. and i talk about that like you're just like like a safe space oh, like thanks. it's grounded it's yeah. present you're with me right when we're talking versus like being up here yeah. and you're not like aggressive dominating it's just like but it's that presence it's that groundedness that like penetrates in a safe way I am so excited to announce that my new book, Manifestation Mastery, How to Shift Your Reality and Co-Create with the Universe, is officially available for purchase right now. This book is a really comprehensive guide to manifestation and how the energetics of attraction really work. It is the perfect resource if you are ready to really learn how to raise your frequency become truly magnetic, and make manifestation your lifestyle. If you really want to understand how manifestation works, I highly recommend checking out this book. The book is a completely channeled text and is super activating, so only get your hands on it if you are ready to truly shift your life. As always, I am so grateful for all of your support during this launch. The way that this community has supported me, it truly, truly means the world. And I really couldn't have done this without you. So thank you so much for that. And as an extra thank you for anybody who leaves a review for the book on Amazon, you can submit that at manifestationmasterybook.com and get a free bonus chapter that goes along with the book that no one else has access to. So if you want to be one of the first people to get your hands on this book, Manifestation Mastery, and if you want that free bonus chapter, just head to manifestationmasterybook.com and you can find all of the information there. You can head straight to Amazon to find the book as well. When you get it, be sure to tag me on social media at Christina the channel so that I can see that you're reading it. I can see which parts you are loving and I can repost you and say thank you so much for supporting me with this book. And if it does resonate with you, tell everybody you know. Let's spread the love. Let's spread the high vibes, all of the manifestation magic. That is my goal with this book. So again, all information you can find at manifestationmasterybook.com. And I can't wait for you to get your hands on this. When I decided to start healing my wound to the feminine <laughs> yeah. or yeah. just being more available for love and relationships at large, I took the approach and this wasn't anything I read in a book, I guess. I, I, I just decided to I'm going to treat every woman with friendly love. <laughs> and so it was instead of going into the bar and and laser focusing on one girl that I want to hook up with that night, it was getting that uh, that concept of hooking up or achieving the feminine completely out of my mind and rather just being available and safe and friendly to every single feminine in the room. And so what's going to look, what did look weird was the first approach to literally the first, you know, feminine that would show up and being like, 
hey, like, I'm a hugger. You're beautiful. I'm so glad to get get to know you. And then it's like, I'm not hitting on you, but you got to wait for a minute because I'm going to do this to the same, you know, to the girl, like literally hanging out with you or in the space altogether. And so just being a really safe space for the feminine um, was a relationship that I wanted to establish just with that energy. And, and so that I could kind of scrub off this idea that, that we've all been ingrained um, to pursue, which is just the acquisition of femininity uh, or, or a partner who is feminine. Um, and yeah, so going back to the, I mean, th- this all works sexually too. Mm-hmm. Do you want a blacksmith in the bedroom? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's how most men are told what they should be in, in sex is like, I'm going to hammer. Yeah. I'm literally going to sh- like hammer myself as the blacksmith into yeah. this environment. Yeah. I think it works better when you're the artist, mm-hmm. when you're the potter, when you're holding space in this penetrating way that creates art, not mm-hmm. weapons. Wow. Yeah, lo- like that? I yeah. love that. I love that. He's like, oh, yes, <laughs> yes, that was me. Okay. I love that. And, and to, just push a little bit more with a question that the people who are listening might have men. It's like, I think we're where guys can, they can fall into this trap of like, they're learning about that. And they're like, Oh, so I'm going to take a step back and just let her come to me. But it's like, how do you still, how do you not fall into being passive? Like when you're trying to make that shift, you're used to like, you know, the acquisition and now yeah. you're like, okay, I think when people are putting this into practice, it can be easy for men to become more passive or even honestly, I feel like a lot of guys now are actually more passive than like you look at relationship dynamics and a lot of guys just like sit back and it's like, you come to me, you know? So it's like, how do you find the in-between between like shifting out of like, it's an acquisition of the woman, like being so like aggressive, but it's also not being passive, but it's, it's taking the lead in a grounded way. Yeah, definitely. It's such a great question. I don't know if there's like a clear answer. Um, What I would say to someone who's asking this would be getting really clear on what they consider their purpose and their mission and what is like lighting them up currently right now. Mm. That may be a particular woman that you're in love with. That may actually be the case. It might be your career. It might be the legacy that you're trying to, to live or build. Lean harder into that. Masculinity is purpose and mission driven. If you lean into that, you will show up in the exact way that you need to show up in relationship, in health, in your occupation. So get really clear on you. Going back to like the acquisition piece. Like you still got to shoot your shot, you know, like guys still got to have a little bit of game. Yeah. What I'm saying is that if you lean into your core purpose Mm -hmm. and your higher vision, it will feel like breathing. Mm. I, when Megan and I got back together, I don't even know what game was. I was just speaking my fucking truth. And it was like, damn. If you weren't my ex-wife, I would be so into this. Mm-hmm. And, it, and things that were coming out of my mouth were like so against the rules. Um, but it was, it was what I was feeling. And it wasn't in a fuckboy kind of way. It was in a, I'm incredibly balanced and stable. 
it's direct and it's it's direct um yeah going back to the the gentleness piece too like it isn't it isn't a disengagement i think that's repulsive to the feminine and you'll lose your your literally your innate ability to sit in in power and strength if you just wait to be told what to do love that well this leads into i have a few offshoot questions where we're doing well you're kind of good. just like yeah you already answered what are good resources to learn about masculine energy so there we go what about my friends aren't very aren't very supportive they don't really get it um i can tell that's blocking me from going deeper into this like imagine like you're going out with all your friends to the bar right and you're you're thinking about this and they're all like what the hell man like what are you doing yeah and just in general yeah i i definitely was there i was out partying and um you know hitting up pb on a friday and saturday night i had a group Good of old PB. yeah I had, a, I had a group of friends that i guess you could call them friends they were more just acquaintances to um you know fuck around with that when i started to change those relationships completely dried up so i think if your friendships are for the activities that you pursue together and not for a shared interest in each other's well-being and best versions of each other it's time to take a hard look at the relationship just Oof, yeah frankly and i i literally don't have relationships with any of those people still and that was three four years ago i found incredible people who i looked up to and just started hanging out with and a lot of them were like husbands in their 40s with kids and i was just like wow i really respect you and i just want to sit and observe you mm -hmm. um and it, we ended up having a ton of you know shared commonalities and everything but you have to be willing to exfoliate um that type of relationship or have a hard conversation about hey here's who i am and where i want to be i love you and want you to be a part of this i'm not saying you have to do exactly what i'm doing but this is where i'm going and if we want to have a relationship still, it needs to be like co-creative friendship. Yeah. Not, uh, I can't be like taking steps backwards. Uh, and I wouldn't use that language, obviously. But I would just say like, there are core values that I have at this point in time and where I want to go that I don't have the space or the capacity to maintain such conflict in my life. Yeah. I mean, it's like, are you committed to your bros or are you committed to fulfillment? Yeah pick a lane yeah. you know and i think that's an area that's really hard for people like was that difficult for you to release those relationships it was only because i felt really alone for a minute yeah. but what's funny is like i felt alone but also like i was healing those relationships kept enough noise in my life that i didn't have to listen to the screaming voice of my intuition that was like change motherfucker mm -hmm. like you're killing me mm -hmm. um so outside of the loneliness and like like any ego death which is like who am i without these things yeah who am i without the attachments of my relationships and my job and my activities and my money who am i without these things it's that little bit of reprieve when you kind of do decide to tear 
and and rip this thing apart and be like, okay, I'm starting over. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of a weight off your off your chest. Like, wow, I get to be whoever I want to be now. Yeah. Awesome. Totally. The freedom there, the space. And the thing is like for people listening, I mean, it's like sometimes those relationships come back around, you know, like it's more about, to me, I I think about it like, and I've said this so many times on the podcast, but like I'm committed to my most authentic self and like I'm committed to my path and the people who are going to stay with me, like will stay with me and they might drop off, but they'll come back around if they're meant to, uh, or they'll drop off and they won't come back. But it's like, I can't worry about that, you know? And sometimes like if you even if your friends don't get it, you're like, well, I'm still committed to this and I'm doing what I need to do. And they might kind of come back around. It's a great point. It's actually happened in my life. So I transitioned out of the workplace that I was that I was in. Um, totally different work environment, totally different friend group. And I don't talk to any of these individuals. Like some of them are college friends, some of them were coworkers um that were kind of like frat boy vibes and nothing against frat boys. Um but I'm years after this and, you know, I'm, they still follow me on social media, know my story, know that I got back with my ex-wife and that I have a podcast that's on relationships and I'm, I'm talking about masculinity. And oddly enough, some of these guys have actually reached out like, hey, I've um, got problems in my relationship or, you know, I know your story and, and uh, would love to, you know, talk to you. So I've had, I've had a, at least shit, like too many to count really at this yeah. point, friends or people that were acquaintances that for sure kind of trolled me a little bit when I made this transition, um, you know, called me a hippie and things of that nature, but I have actually reached out in their moments of, wow, I hit a brick wall. Wow. I need to change or my, my relationships falling apart or my health's falling apart mm-hmm. and hitting me up. So yeah, f- long phone conversations with some of these folks, like lots of DMS, but it's been, it's been too many to count. Yeah. I mean, I always feel like if somebody, especially if anybody's in that much resistance, like there's a reason why. And the people that, to use your word, like trolled me the hardest, like first with nutrition and then spirituality, mm. the, because it really triggered them. And that's why they were that expressive about it. They all came back around and asked me for help. It was like that piece of themselves they didn't want to look at, yeah. you know? Um, but with that, I think, you know, a lot of guys struggle to find aligned relationships or like well where do i even look like you know if you're you're in pb at the bars and you're trying to it's like where where the hell do i find friends yeah set and setting right like for me it was changing a job um yeah and it just starts simply with what is what does the best version of yourself enjoy and like like some pretty standard dating advice which is like where do i find my partner (laughs) it's weird to like find guy friends but you have to start yeah. somewhere. And it was easy for me, fitness, wellness, nutrition. So what did that mean? That meant um, the nutrition space for occupation. That's where I want to exist. It was podcasts. I really loved podcasts. So I started getting into listening, but also engaging. And all of a sudden you get into communities and all of a sudden those communities turn into physical, like human flesh relationships. And all of a sudden you have a half dozen brand new spanking friends that you feel like you've known your entire life. And it just grows from there. And it can be, even if you're into like the brewery scene and that's, and that's what you want craft beer. And like, that's something that really strikes a core value for you is the creativity or the artistic nature of, of craft beer, like get involved and it's clunky. It's awkward. Mm-hmm. I, my divorced ass <laughs> moved down to Southern California. I didn't know anybody here. And I was literally searching online, like, new people to San Diego meetups. Yeah. And I freaking went to some of these and yeah. they were like the most awkward, cringe worthy mm-hmm. environments humanly possible. 
But I also learned that like, note to self, I will not be looking for friends on the, <laughs> just blindly on the internet yeah. anymore. Um, <laughs> and and, oh and God, like, and, and truly thankful for like things like Tinder and Bumble that just keep you sort yeah. of occupied for a while as you figure your shit out. Um, but, but it's trial and error. It's, it's hanging yeah. out at the same superfood bar that you love mm -hmm. and bullshitting with the guy who's working at the counter and then all, and then being like, Hey, yeah, there's a, there's a meditation, um, or yoga later. And are you going to be there? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something like really simple like that yeah. in the same way that you would sort of encourage your friend to start looking in new environments to find better boyfriends. I, I would also talk to guys in the same way. Like mm -hmm. sometimes I, I don't have a lot of sympathy for like people who are older and like, Oh, I don't have any, I don't have any friends and I've lost a bunch of friends. I'm like, yo, I started completely yeah, over. I know. I just had this conversation with someone. It's like, you just, you just have to get through the cringe and the awkward minute and, and you'll, you'll find some gems. Yeah. Well, the thing is, if we're talking about like setting the intention of like, you know what, I'm a guy. I want to get more into this. I'm like interested in conscious relationships and divine masculine energy and spirituality. Like it's not, here's the thing. It's not that hard to find spiritual people. I, you know where they're hanging out. Yeah. And the good news is they're all, they're a little overly welcome. Right. <laughs> right. Like, like yeah. we're like, it's like you talk to a spiritual person, like, Oh, I've known you forever. Right. right. <laughs> like, and you just need one person, you know? And so I feel like it is easier to find them, but you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. Like instead yeah. of going out to the club, like maybe go to a sound healing yeah. session. I was saying the other day, if you haven't felt like you accidentally joined a cult at some, <laughs> at some point in your life, you're not living, yeah, you know, truly, <laughs> truly. I think, I mean, that's, well, while we're on this, I was trying to make these go in a certain order and they're just not going to go in order. <laughs> but because we're talking about this, like, I don't even know how to say this to, I, to people. So I'm using this podcast so you can say it to them. But like when guys are complaining to me that they can't meet like the type of woman they want to meet and they're, they're trying to find her at the bar. Like that's where they're looking. And I don't, I just don't even say anything. I'm like, not my place. What would you say to that? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. I, I would, in the same way, the bar environment, 90% of the time is transactional. So you'll be getting a transactional relationship. I think where that works or through Bumble or Tinder for quick meetups or hookups is when you both sort of coincidentally are trying to turn the corner in your life and maybe you meet in that environment, but both have the desire for more and kind of bond and work through that together. That, I definitely have seen that work. Mm -hmm. I, I know relationships that have started at the bar or started over you know, dating apps and they work. But I also think that you will mostly get transactional relationships. And so reevaluate again, like start with you. Do you keep going to the bar because that's what you want? Like, are you actually just wanting transactional relationships? Do you have a transactional relationship with yourself? Do you expect you to do things for you immediately now in the exact way that your ego wants them? Or are you stopping, pausing, changing your environment, going all the way back to what we talked about at the start, which is just getting out into space and presence and something like nature and listening to your higher self, your soul, because you might have a transactional relationship with yourself and expect things from your ego that aren't true to your core. And so 
start with you. And then it's, you, you'll feel, again, authentic, you, you, you authentically behave or you behave in the way that's authentic to you. So if you are hoping for this transactional relationship for yourself, that's where you're going to continue to show up. But if you can sort of center in, all right, what does it mean to have deep, meaningful relationships, friends, romantic, otherwise, I need to figure out what that means for me mm-hmm. and then start realizing where me fits the best in the same way that I would just say like, hey, start going to your favorite coffee shop, start, start an, a community or hanging out in a community that makes you feel in the way that mm-hmm. feels truer to the version of you that you were hoping mm-hmm. to be. Um, but it's, it's frick, it's got to start with you. Yeah. And then take the lead. Yeah. Like you can't just sit at the coffee shop and then hope she's going to come up to totally. you. Totally. Like, yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean? Yep. So, well, that relates to something else. I mean, this taught, this could be an entire podcast in itself, but I, I want to just touch on it because it relates to what you were saying. Somebody said, how do I find fulfillment? I'm at a place where I have everything I thought I ever wanted, but I still feel unfulfilled that I'm not in a romantic relationship. And I feel like it's connected. And it's like this feeling of like, I have everything. Like I've been a achiever with my career. I'm at the place where I want and I have amazing friends and like I'm dating a lot, but it's like, I still feel empty. And I've heard this from a lot of people and it's like, they're like, is it really just my relationship that's going to make me feel fulfilled? Like, but then not attracting in the type of person they want. Like mm. that feeling of like, I don't feel fulfilled. Mm. So this person isn't in a relationship. He's not in a relationship. And they've, they've kind of checked all the other boxes. They feel like I should be super happy. And they're like, is that, is that the one thing? Is that the reason why I'm not fulfilled? Um, I feel like there's this, which I feel like, yeah, that is a big piece, you know, yeah. but it's also like, why did you build, like, what, what, why did you want to hit that point in your career? Or like, are your friendships really fulfilling? You know, I think this, this, like you talk about, you know, masculine energy being like driven by purpose and mm-hmm. like fulfillment. And like, I think a lot of, a lot of guys feel like, well, what is my purpose? Like, oh yeah. How do I even... I don't even know because I have everything I thought I wanted and I don't feel like I'm living it. I don't even feel like I'm on the track, even though I look around and I should. Yeah. If you're an achiever, which sounds like this individual is, Mm -hmm. the feedback is so deceiving from being successful. So really high achieving individuals can pretty much pick up anything and do well. And it's really tough because a lot of times, you know, if it's like Enneagram type three, you are pursuing the achievement to get the feedback and the feedback is so addicting that dopamine of being told you're really good at something is so addicting that you can sort of like convince yourself that that's your purpose because it feels good. Yeah. But there's a real difference between what feels good based on somebody else's pat on the ass, like great job versus like, wow, I did that. And I don't care if I fucked it up. I loved it. That's a completely different feeling. Like if you're doing something and you're, not attached to the outcome. You're not in competition with others and you're finding yourself losing track of time, like completely engaged. That's probably more in your purpose. Yeah. If you're busting your ass, waiting for the payday, waiting for the promotion, um, completing the transaction, that's a little more of like the achiever perspective. And I don't necessarily think that's bad in moderation. 
I just wouldn't confuse that with your purpose. Yeah. Going back to something I said earlier where I mentioned your purpose can be finding a partner. And, and I think some people, it, it beautifully works where they're just, they come into this earth and they're relationship oriented, they're family oriented. So their purpose is around legacy and kingdom building. And so it's this transition of like finding the love of your life, then it's your family, then it's your, your family's community. And that's, there are individuals, I have a friend like that, who like his family is fucking everything. But I think more common is there's this prince phase, speaking of archetypes, where there is the, the process of finding the princess. And that's the purpose at that point in time. And that's totally okay. Realizing though masculinity is always purpose-driven when it's in balance, that that might transition once you've met the love of your life and you're now like married or seriously committed or something. Now you're like king queen archetype. So you've gone from prince princess, which is like literally saving the damsel from the castle type energy, but there's more. A lot of times that's not just like building your life together and your family and you're each other's purpose. Masculinity is like, okay, I need to move on to something else. This is where relationships get fucked up often is because that change in purpose will appear to the feminine as if you're disengaged, you're not interested anymore. And if the masculine can't pivot into something that is more in alignment with their real purpose or their real mission, it will definitely feel like that to the feminine and justifiably so. The, the trick or the, the way around this is redefining what that feeling of purpose and mission is. It's not going to be those achievements that we talked about alone. It has to be this real deep, resonating, higher vision and fulfillment for your, for your life. If you're sitting in that space, in your younger part of your life, it might be in the pursuit of your partner. Later, it might be community or uh, your, your work. If you are in that purpose, the feminine will pick up on it. And that's, that's attracting. That will actually keep the relationship together. A balanced feminine understands that she is not the ultimate purpose of her masculine. Rather, if he pursues his, it will foster such freedom in his life that he continues to choose her and continues to have space for her in their kingdom together. That's the freaking polarizing attraction of masculinity and femininity when in mature balance past this sort of like acquisition phase. Mm. Oh, I love that so much. I feel like that was very complete. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, that made, made <laughs> yeah, sense. It made so much okay, sense. Cool. No, I love that. I love that. Okay, let's move into how can I be more present? I find myself overthinking, thinking about work all the time. Yeah. Well, find somebody you're in love with <laughs> because <laughs> good advice, you can actually. completely forget about everything. <laughs> we, we just did an episode about like how to keep the spark alive and talking about like characteristics of the spark. Uh, that spark phase. And one of them is for sure. Like what time is it? Um, I haven't eaten. Um, I'm going to clear my entire calendar. When can I see you? When can I hang out with you? Everybody knows that freaking feeling. Um, So that's definitely one is like, well, wait till you're just completely in love with somebody and uh, you'll forget about everything else and and only care about the current moment. (laughs) Um, But I struggle with this too. Like, honestly, um, I'm always thinking about what's next. 
I'm always wanting to achieve something. I love dopamine. So I freaking <laughs> love whatever the next like carrot is in front of me. Um, I really want to like name this episode exfoliating friendships and I love dopamine. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's super on brand. Um, I know I've said it already, but nature is something that's incredibly stabilizing for me. And so maybe if we're, you know, maybe if we're thinking into this deeper, we're talking about masculine and feminine energies, it's really, really beneficial to find presence when you're sitting in safe and balanced, um, the safe and balanced energy of the feminine. <laughs> and so going into nature makes complete sense there. Wow. I'm not, I'm not freaking thinking about anything because I'm just held by the nurture of mother nature. Um, I think some people find this with friends and or family or, tri you know, tribe, not necessarily like just blood family, but the people that you can literally like show your dirty laundry to, and they still love you. That's, that's a really present space. Um, whatever is crafty for you, and it's going to look different for different people. Um, I didn't grow up with art or anything, so I, it's not like an easy transition to just like break out the paintbrush. Um, although I have really found that beneficial in my adult life, but it might be something like, I'm going to go like shoot hoops. I'm just going to, I'm going to exercise a little bit and get out of my head and do something that is flow for me. Basket. I grew up playing basketball, so it's complete flow. I don't think about it. Mm -hmm. It's just instinctual. So maybe that's, maybe that's dance. Maybe that is an instrument, but something where you can shut off the rational brain and sit in your intuition. And so even leaning on nostalgia sometimes can really help with that because it just eliminates for a minute that rational, very masculine processing brain. Yeah, I love that. And I would also say like adding to that, it, it, noticing like how you feel in different conversations, like because there are going to be certain people that you're just like, even outside of romantic relationship, it's like, you're just like locked in, yeah. you know, but when you're really engaged with the conversation, you're, you're going to be there, totally. you know? Um, and I think just looking at the people around you in general, you know, yeah. uh, and seeing who like helps you ground in. And, and if you feel like no one does maybe meeting new people and just exploring like what, what exists. Yeah. Yeah. We, we just talked about this on, on an episode that dropped this week it was in the, in the context of relationships, but it works the same for friendships. And it's how you know you're in an authentic, like spark phase. Mm -hmm. We already talked about, um, the one that you lose time and stuff. Yeah. When you lose yeah. time, the other one's body language, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, if you're, if you're a feminine essence, you're going to be open. Your, mm -hmm. your physicality is going to be open for masculinity. You might be like prone to like leaning in mm -hmm. even like touching like if it's a friend it's like bumping them or like shoulder or if it's a feminine you know gent gently putting your hand on their leg or like mm -hmm. uh, holding hands or something like that those are moments where you're like wow i'm in a real relationship i'm in a i'm having a real connection with somebody um i think also when you feel like you've known them your whole life you're like treating them as if they're a friend from childhood mm -hmm. and you've maybe even both said 
I feel like I've known you my whole life. Like that phrase is real because Mm -hmm. you have these moments of like, man, I'm having real connection. I'm having real presence. Yeah. All of these things in relationship, like you're saying, indicate you're in the present moment. Yeah. Oh, love that. Well, okay. What about, um, I feel like I struggle with emotional intimacy and I'm not sure how to unblock that. I'm not sure how to even get vulnerable with someone or feel comfortable doing that. Mm, I love this. Um, because I think everybody has been there to a certain degree. Vulnerability is gasoline to the fire of relationships, friendships, and romantic. And it's talked about all the time. It's kind of buzzy, like, oh, I'm super vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, you're not. <laughs> but, but think about, like, what is more vulnerable than physically being naked? It's pretty fucking vulnerable. Like, this mm-hmm. is me. What, however, and that's kind of scary. However, when you love somebody, there's nothing more than, than you wanting to be naked with them. The act of sex is this match of vulnerability that creates, holy shit, psychedelic, completely mind-blowing, unlike anything else in the human experience type situations. That is the power of vulnerability. Like, think about nakedness, think about sex. There is this huge, like, resistance in between that, but when it works, it is fucking insane. So understand and appreciate the the power of vulnerability and evaluate again, starting with you. Am I able to be vulnerable with myself? Am I able to be naked with myself? If I'm not, if I'm telling myself stories, whether that's emotionally or physically in the same, it goes in the same way. I'm not good enough for this. I don't look good enough in this way. I don't even like looking at myself in the mirror. I don't even like sitting in meditation over myself and, and who I am and my purpose and my mission. Well, shit, those are all red flags to the, to the fact that you aren't able to be vulnerable because you're not vulnerable with yourself. So like, again, starting there, starting with you. And then it would be, you know, it takes, it takes two in this situation. Are you in the environments where, where the people around you are similarly comfortable with themselves? Because the, the vulnerable formula or the sex formula really only achieves, you know, orgasm or, or deep connection in relationship when there's somebody else sort of on this vulnerable journey with you and they're saying, this is me, um, take it or leave it. And I guess one other piece I want to say to this too, because vulnerability has to be accompanied by confidence and self-worth. If vulnerability is accompanied with shame, guilt, or fear, it's repulsive. Yes. So if you are something like, oh, I'm, 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 I'm so awkward with people socially. I just, I, just, I just suck at it. I just like, I'm really awkward. I never know what to say. Like you're being vulnerable in a like shame, yeah. shameful way. Yeah. Having confidence associated with your vulnerability. So even for me, when I was... Um, like, Hey, I, I'm divorced. Um, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. I took so many lessons from it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oddly enough, it's like completely strengthened my, uh, connection to other, other human beings and and other women, like that type of energy with just like, I'm being vulnerable, but I'm also really 
confident about it and okay with it. People are attracted to confidence. It's powerful. They also empathize with vulnerability, but it's repulsive when it's attached to shame or guilt. So in this sort of vulnerability formula, like really accompanying that with self-worth is going to be really important. You can't just sort of like air your dirty laundry out without having worked through it individually. Love that so much. So being vulnerable with yourself because you have to be comfortable with that first within yourself, but also you won't even know what to say. Like right. you, you won't even know what to say, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you're not vulnerable with yourself. And then I think, you know, the, being around people who are also able to be vulnerable and that can pull that out of you too. Like, you yeah. know, um, where I'm sure you have the experience that people just open up more to you. Like people just open up to me, right? Cause it yeah. feels like a safe, like I'll, I'll put it out there first. I'll be vulnerable first. Yep. So being around people like that can be helpful as well. And also, you know, feeling safe with that person. Like, um, I'm a very vulnerable person, but there are some people I won't open up to just because my intuition is like, this person yeah. is not safe for Hell whatever yeah. reason, you know? So I love that so much. Okay. Loving this. Um, I struggle with commitment in my relationships. Entering into a committed relationship feels like big pressure for me. Mm. Like I'll date, but I, I don't want to define. Yeah. That's a great one because I think that's just such a core challenge in relationships at large. You know, to repeat the same question, it's really like taking a, if you're saying, I have a hard time committing, what are you not committing to in your life? Mm -hmm. Are you unable to commit to something of greater purpose or mission or value? Is this showing up in your work, in your exercise? Like, where are you having commitment challenges? Personal yeah, personal development. Work on the small things uh, so that they can make the muscle easier for the larger things like relationships and, and romantic life. So I would definitely take inventory of your life and, and where you're having commitment issues or challenges. Uh, work through it internally. Um, and then it could also be you're looking in the wrong places and, and you may not have, uh, you're, you're, not, you're not available or you're not making yourself available for the relationships that will elicit a committed response from you. Yeah. So if it's the bars, it's going to be transactional. It's going to be short-lived. Um, but if it is other environments that are, are more fulfilling for you, there's a good chance you'll find fulfilling relationships out of them as well. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's like, do I have commitment issues or is this just not what I'm supposed to commit to? Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause that's, that's the question too. And then, and then also with the commitment issues, it's like, what are my fears or am, am I always looking for something better? I think a lot of people, um, including, I was just talking to one of my female friends about this, like are in this place where there's just so many options in general. Like we, we live in that kind of society yeah. where they're just always afraid of, like, right. what if there's something better? Yeah. It's like, that's really yeah. fucked us over. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's a good point. I have the fortune of having been divorced <laughs> and having lost uh, what I thought was it and then experiencing others that was definitely not it. And then when it, when it came back into my life, I was so sure. Mm -hmm. And that is such a hack. It's such a superpower. I'm not encouraging everybody to, you know, 
break up with their significant other <laughs> yeah. and then cross their fingers and hope that yeah. uh, they get back together. But it's been uh, just an incredible, uh, incredible context to take into the rest of my life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes you have to, you have to lose it sure. to, to know, you know, yeah. uh, but I would think about like, do I live like that elsewhere in my life as well? Yes. You know, I think yeah. you, you could look at decisions, like all different types of decisions from that perspective. And if you're mm. always like, what if something's better out, something better is out there. So I don't want to commit to this. I mean, that will show up yes. everywhere else. Absolutely. You know, at that point, you know, I think doing better in those areas could help with the relationships. So you don't have to yeah. break up with someone to realize. <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I love that. All right. A couple more. These are all kind of related. Hmm. I'll start here. These, these three are related. What if I'm a man and I like being more laid back, letting the woman take the lead? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, hard to know the yeah. circumstance. Yeah. That you don't have to be masculine and a man. So relationship dynamics work best with a masculine and a feminine essence mm -hmm. in one of uh, the partners. And so, you know, one masculine, one feminine, that doesn't matter gender roles, just mm -hmm. it, it, it can totally work. Um, and so that could be the simple answer is like, yeah, you might have more of a feminine essence and that's totally okay. Mm -hmm. I sit in the feminine at times in my relationship and Megan completely takes the lead and that works. And it's a matter of just shifting where and when, uh, as far as like our lifestyle is concerned, we wear the masculine and the feminine role that can totally work. Um, if this individual is a man who does have a masculine essence. It is masculinity to lead and penetrate and be strong and stable. So you don't necessarily have to be like making all the decisions, but if you're sitting in masculinity as, as far as being a container or stable and solid, I think this, that similarly can still work where I see it not working. And we've talked about it a little bit already, but, Oftentimes the feminine, if there is a more laid back approach to masculinity, sometimes that can seem disengaged, not interested. In order to elicit a masculine response just at all, the feminine will start to dictate and rule set and steer the masculine partner where she thinks she wants him to go. This is an out of balanced version of the feminine where they become kind of a tyrant. Whether they're conscious to it or not, they're trying to elicit a aggressive response from the masculine because they're just so freaking desperate for a penetrating masculine. And so this is like the recipe for arguments most of the time. You know, oh, husband or partner kind of sits on the couch, hands in his pants, watching football, and she's running the kids telling him where and when to go here's the schedule here's the calendar and he just kind of goes with the flow at best she might yell or be even more of a dictator or more of a tyrant and it's and it's literally whether it's conscious or not just this attempt to elicit a response a lot of times that response is shut the fuck up like yeah. like back off mm -hmm. like i can't handle you know that sort of energy so wildly enough the solution to this is not to response but respond aggressively 
but to rather pick up on that energy that there is masculinity uh, desired. And so in this circumstance, I would just probably ask questions of like, what does her leading look like? Because if it does get aggressive and if it is not, and, and if there's anything like something like a sexual chemistry being kind of squashed in all of this as well, it might be a good indication that subconsciously she's really looking for a, a balanced masculine a, a response to this and that presence in her life. Mm -hmm. So I would really want to like take inventory on a few different things. Um, and, and then to, to directly respond to the feminine in that, in, in the way that she's kind of like trying to steer the relationship and dictate it would probably be a recipe for an argument. And oddly enough, it's the redefining or reinvesting in your purpose and your mission that will give you the ability to step into proper masculinity so that you can then show up to the relationship as a defined, stable, masculine energy. Mm -hmm. And that will take care of a lot. Love that. I will also add, I feel like in a dating scenario, uh, I just feel like that's fear of rejection. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I feel like in like in a relationship scenario it's being ungrounded and indecisive within yourself and just wanting yeah. to outsource the decisions yep <laughs> definitely if if it is you have a masculine core yeah and i think that a lot of times in in our society there's a programmed mother-son relationship that yeah. kind of grooms that totally expectation of the feminine to mm -hmm. steer and to lead and to tell me what to do and where to go and so like speaking back to archetypes and roles, when you're in this sort of prince achiever phase, you can achieve the feminine and have all this, um, all this game and all this pursuit and all this, uh, what seems like leadership, but you're really just sort of trying to achieve the feminine. And then when it's achieved, like you get married or, or serious relationship, and now you're kind of like adult archetype you will, if you're not conscious, fall into likely your parents' patterns. So if you had a mother, for instance, that did a ton for you, kind of like wiped your ass or was a little bit of a helicopter mom. And I have a mom who did a, a ton for me. So this was a huge learning curve was like, whoa, the feminine isn't just to, you know, my mom like made my lunch and like clean my, uh, you know, garbage out in my room and like did my laundry and shit. And so it's not that I consciously, you know, demanded Megan when we were married to do that, but I had this defined role of what adult feminine and adult masculine looked like. So I defaulted to just behaving codependently. When you've, the prince has acquired the princess and the, the kind of young, immature archetypes of masculine and feminine, which mask so much shit, sort of fall off and you're sitting in adult relationships and you're not conscious and you start falling back into your programming. I think in our world, there's just so much mommy taking care of um, son energy that masculinity will sit back and expect the feminine to do a lot of these masculine leading type behaviors. Yeah. Wow. So true. I'm sure people are like, oh shit. <laughs> I know. I'm probably ruffling some feathers and I, I only speak to it because that was but kind of the true. example in my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's true that I think that comes up a lot and that is like the stereotype, like when we look at mainstream media. Yeah. And, and unfortunately it's like, it's so, we could talk about this a long time, but yeah. 
the mother will do that oftentimes because her relationship to her husband, you know, the father is not a fulfilled masculine and feminine relationship. So she goes into another relationship being the child to express some level of fulfillment. I need to be fulfilled. So I'm going to literally going to like do anything and everything for this kid. Yeah. So true. Everybody. Do you want, do you want a mother or a girlfriend? (laughs) Right. Mother or wife pick. (laughs) Okay. Along those lines, I want an independent female partner. And it seems like if I follow some of these teachings around masculine, feminine energy, I might not attract that. I'm worried about attracting someone in who is codependent. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder, I wonder, uh, of course, what teachings. um... This is related to the, I like to be laid back. Okay. I like to let her lead. Yeah. Because I want to make sure she's independent. Yeah. No, I don't know. It's the thought process. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if it totally works like that. So something we talk about all the time on our, our podcast is, uh, you know, what it means to be independent Mm -hmm. and, and co-creative instead of codependent. And Oftentimes you have gaps in your own life that sort of perfectly meet with someone else's gap or deficiency and you create what seems like wholeness. The challenge is we are all human beings and we all change like all the time. And so as you start to evolve, you can sort of expose those gaps for the first time where you're not meeting the other person's deficiency and vice versa. And that's where this rift often occurs. This is where bitterness occurs. This is where infidelity occurs. This is where stories of them not loving you occur. And it's because you're dependent upon that other person to meet your deficiency or your gap. So we always encourage people to like independently fill yourself up, make yourself whole. It's not, I can't live without you. It's, I can live without you. I just really don't want to because mm-hmm. I freaking love you so much. So that recipe allows for consistent and constant evolution in you as individuals. So I think where the, the ideal is would be that I can do this on my own. I, I can do this life on my own. I'm completely self-sufficient. Not just that. I know how to make myself really happy. I know where to go, what to do, to laugh my ass off, to be healthy, to sleep good at night. And I don't need Megan for that. Mm-hmm. But when she can take that same position, which I know she has, and we combine, it like creates a third. It creates a third entity in the relationship. We call it kind of like the entity, the, the relationship entity in our relationship. But um, it's, it's not just the, whatever that saying is, where it's like, you know, the, the, the sum is greater than the parts or whatever the hell that saying is. Uh, it's not, it's not just like making you whole. It's actually creating like an entirely different entity. And then you can serve the relationship instead of I'm serving my partner or I'm serving me. It's like, wait, when we're completely whole, we're serving the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It's its own essence. Yeah. Well, what I'll say to this question as well as like, let's not assume just because she wants to be pursued that she's codependent. Like, like just because yeah. someone wants to like, wants to be pursued doesn't mean she's not independent. And I think there's like more to like, you, you uncover that when you like go on dates and you hang out and you spend time together, you can like yeah. tell 
which if you have that foundation within yourself of, of being independent as an individual uh, in a healthy way, like you'll be able to recognize that in someone else. Yeah. I mean, what is, what is connection? What is human connection? It's giving up a little bit of yourself and, and for a minute leaning on somebody else where they can fit that yeah. a little bit better. And so like intimacy is, it's, it's literally an act of coming together. And so you have to be able to give a little bit of a, like every single person can fulfill their own energetic needs. Your own masculine can serve your own feminine, your own feminine can serve your own masculine. But where it's magic is when a completely full balanced masculine is meeting a full balanced feminine. And it's just, it takes two for that creation to, to really take place. Yeah. Love it. Okay. How can I help my partner get more into her feminine? Be more masculine. <laughs> uh, in the same way that I talked about, like yeah. getting out into nature to find your own masculinity, you're you're stepping into a, a uber feminine power, mm -hmm. and it polarizes you into masculinity. As you step into and evolve your own masculinity, the byproduct will be either a glaring, obvious, um, whoa, we need to talk about the relationship because there's not a, a switch into being polarized. Or she will have a, a desire to slide into the feminine. Mm, love it. I'm a Libra to the core. How can I harness my masculine without feeling like stepping on others' toes? Hmm. So is this a feminine asking to step into, or is this a female How asking? How can I, this was a, oh, I put this in the, yeah, this is a feminine asking this, but I feel like this applies to men too who are, who are scared to like step into it. So they're, they're scared to step into their masculine without stepping on people's toes. Got it. Okay. Well, that's like, to me goes back to what we think of as masculine energy is like wounded. Yeah, like that's about, when you're in say that, like yeah. divine masculine, it's not stepping on anyone's toes. It's yeah. grounded. It's just like a container. So like redefining masculine, basically. Yeah. You don't have to be a tyrant. That's an yeah. out of balance version of masculinity. Um, you don't have to be a dictator. Yeah. That, that, that is an out of balanced version of masculinity. So getting really familiar with what a balanced archetype of, you know, the king mm -hmm. looks like that oftentimes is kind of the, the real leader hat of masculinity. Um, and, and I mean, even think about like myth and story and, the kings who are considered the most balanced or the kind of the, the superior kings, they aren't the, they're not pissing people off. They're completely respected and revered and um, honored. And so I think that masculine energy is the proper seat rather than the person who's hella opinionated and um, kind of like emasculating anybody and everybody that, that they come into contact with. So it's not just a matter of like being super direct and, and you know wanting control mm -hmm. that's those are like the way that the world has defined masculinity yeah totally okay i'm looking at my time i think we could i think we could rapid fire some of these from okay. from the women all right um what can women do to empower their man into alpha energy sit in your feminine deeper harder longer mm -hmm. more comfortably express yourself yeah flow <laughs> okay 
what about how do I balance letting him lead me, but also making sure it's equal? Like, for example, paying paying for dates as a basic example. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I would ask what's the thing behind the thing? Is it really about paying? Is it really about the money? Or is it about you in the, is it about him feeling as if this is his sort of stake of being a masculine in the relationship? Mm -hmm. And is this literal act of splitting the bill or whatever going to jeopardize that definition of, of what it means to be masculine in this relationship? If it's that much of a core pillar of how you're defining the relationship, you know, have some flexibility, but be more interested in talking about why. Mm -hmm. and establishing where you would prefer to then contribute your version of leadership in the relationship. And so just like the thing behind the thing, it's not the money or the bill. It's actually a kind of a core value or a definition that he's probably maintaining and getting into that space to then articulate and talk about where you want to show up in this way that may not have to do with money. Yeah. I think so much of it, like, especially if you're talking about like paying for dates, right? That's probably like early on. And there's this, I always find this is interesting because it's like, if you don't, oh man, there's like all this, like the feminist energy and like we should, it should be equal. Right. But then, uh, sometimes it's like, oh, she's not letting me like pay for it. But then, so then people, women like won't pay for it. And then it's like, hey, she didn't even offer yeah. to split it with me. It's like, it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's uh, where a lot of people get confused. Yeah, for sure. I always just offer. And then usually, yeah. usually it's just no. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And I just don't argue. <laughs> so yeah. It's like that way both are Definitely. covered. Yeah. It's <laughs> like gently offer. <laughs> okay. Um, how can I indicate what I want to my partner without being in my masculine or like with and still keep the polarity yeah great question we talked about it i believe on a another podcast with you uh, but we have protocols in our relationship for just having consistent conversation where there's just absolute freedom to speak on really any topic we call them check-ins and so i would really encourage relationships to not wait until shit has hit the fan but have some level of check-in on a regular basis, mm -hmm. even when, you know, fix the roof when the sun is shining, even when things are fine, but where you have a container for having uh, a family check-in, a relationship check-in, uh, you know, just, just identifying what is working and what is not or where could uh, have improvement, I think is really healthy. That way it doesn't come up and trigger out of nowhere, but it's just sort of a preset um, and the more that we get into this relationship work, the more I'm realizing that successful relationships that I look up to do the same thing. You know, I was kind of like when we had this protocol and just by calling it a protocol seems really like masculine and, mm -hmm. and really um, like not romantic and like, oh man, should this be a, should this be a thing that we encourage people to do? It might just work for us because we're fucking scheduling, achieving, you know, people who want this, this kind of thing spelled out. I'm seeing it a lot in successful relationships that I look at and it can be done in a way that feels very flowy and feels really 
um, expressive and, and emotional, which uh, oftentimes makes the the feminine energy feel a lot better. And it can also be tactical and direct and and spelled out in a in a left to right, top to bottom, rational way that the masculine might prefer. Mm-hmm. Love it. The check in. Refer to uh, Mimi and Chase for all the deets and yeah. our last episode together. Okay maybe two and a half or one and a half more questions perfect how do i support a man in my life who i can see would benefit so much from doing the inner spiritual work but lives very mainstream but i don't want to come off as pushy or telling him what to do embody what you're working on individually be open about it without telling them what to do show how fruitful it is in your life if they care about you on a deep level if they love you and want to co-create with you in this life they will be magnetized to that they will start asking like let me let me i want to listen to that that uh you know that lecture that course or that that podcast that you've been listening to Mm -hmm. seems like it's working and so wait for the invitation but don't definitely don't hide how fruitful it is for your life and embody it yeah be the example yeah love it okay i want i'll break this down i'll ask you so somebody just said (laughs) this is like a whole thing i actually have a podcast on this everybody (laughs) somebody said how do i attract in my soulmate please refer to my entire podcast called how to attract your soulmate uh what would you say is like high level most important thing is someone's like how do i attract in my person i feel stuck hmm I think it's the vortex by um, Esther Hicks. Mm-hmm. Is that Esther Hicks? Is that my? Th- yeah. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Um, that's a really great book. If you want to, if you want to, it's very, it. it's very geared towards relationships actually, mm, and okay. and and manifesting um, relationships into your life based on the signal that you're putting out. Yeah. And so, I think it's back to like embodying. It's it's getting into that practice of living in the reality of who you would be should that perfect partner or the person that you want to be with. Um, yeah. What's the, sorry. How do I talk to my soulmate? Yeah. So it's like, are you living as a vibrational match for that person? Yeah. Yeah. Basically what you're saying. Exactly. That's what you're trying to say. Right. Um, and I think like being honest about, if you have your list, you know, like your list of what you really want, like values wise. And it's like, are my actions actually aligning with attracting in that person? Like you want, it goes back to what we were talking about before. It's like, you want this type of person and you're trying to find her at the bar. Yep. And it's like not saying that can't work, but like. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, I think it's easy to come up with a list of like things. I think that's, that's like historically what we all think of when Mm -hmm. we're, we're, wishing for a partner. Mm -hmm. It's like, I want them to look this way. I want them to do this. I want them to make this much. Um, But in the same way that I would encourage people to goal set in life with a ton of emotion, it's less about the thing and more about what it feels like Mm -hmm. when you will have been sitting in this, in this seat. So if it's goal setting and it's, I want to make a million dollars, forget the million for a second. What would it feel like to have a million dollars and just spell that out? So if you're list making, for all the people who are, you know, trying to manifest their soulmate, list make on the energetics of what you are trying to call into your life mm-hmm. and focus on that and less about the actual like 
literal specifics because then you, I, I feel like sometimes if you're like, you know, tall, dark, and handsome, you will tunnel vision yourself totally. to only looking for tall, dark, and handsome. You had no idea what you meant by tall, dark, and handsome was to feel held. Mm-hmm. And so sit in the feeling of feeling held. Your vision will be significantly more broad. Yeah. And so in the same way that, that you would goal set, I would look at, you know, manifesting your soulmate in a, in a similar practice. Yeah. And I'm sure you've gone into yeah. absolute detail on, <laughs> well, on this you practice. Know, you, you can identify it immediately, right? Cause if the list is like, like I have my list and it's all about how I feel, like how I feel in yeah. relation to this person. And then the list is how the, the energy of the relationship, like it feeling like freeing and, and safe and expand. It's like, because then when you're in that, the interaction, it's like, Oh, I'm feeling that way. Yeah. Versus just because somebody's, you know, tall, dark, and handsome, you might feel like a piece of shit. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's, yeah. I mean, classic manifestation. It's about the energy. So, okay. Last question. Somebody sent in, um, this is from a woman. She said, does Chase have friends? <laughs> <laughs> I do have friends. Yeah. There's some great guys out there. Yes. Does, does Chase have friends? LOL. <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, there's great dudes out there, even if they're just on the ladder of getting better. Mm -hmm. This time that we live in, in 2022 is making or breaking people. And there's a lot of people who want more. There's a lot of people who are hitting a wall, just going in everything, their health, their relationships, who they are individually, what their purpose is. And they're like, damn, is, is this it? Is this supposed to be it? Yeah. 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 I mean, I was, do you follow Lauren Crenn? He's like my favorite relationship person uh, to follow. Like he talks about conscious relationships, but he, he's like, he always is like, you have to stop living out of the belief that there aren't any good men. Yeah. And like, it's like, I, I, I want people to scream that, like scream that from the rooftops because if you believe that, like, <laughs> right. it's just not true. Yeah. It's just not true, you know? So I'll just say that. Uh, if you believe that someone's hard to find, they will be. Definitely. Or you'll settle. Totally. Um, yeah, you'll settle or think that you can maybe try to change somebody yeah. if they've met, some, if they've checked some of the boxes. Mm -hmm. uh, but that, that just doesn't work. Yeah. No settling here. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, this is amazing. That was great. Yeah. We, we got through a lot. Hell yeah. We got through a lot. Do you feel good? I feel good. I feel like I um, created my own luck. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I brought in the light and I feel like uh, I was able to see the magic in all, yes. in, in all of those. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And everyone will let us know if you did as well. Uh, well, I so appreciate you coming and letting me pummel you with questions. I love it. <laughs> let everyone know where, where they can connect with you. Yeah. Check out the medicine podcast. That is medicine spelled without the E on the end. Uh, that is where my partner Mimi and I talk about everything, uh, relationships, that's relationships with your body, with uh, your significant other, with your community, with the earth, with the higher power. Uh, and, and we get crazy over there. So definitely check us out. You can find me on uh, Instagram, the chasen one, the underscore chasen underscore one. And uh, yeah, I, I, I love chatting with people. So uh, hit me up. Is your full name Chasen? No. 
Okay, I, I'm glad we settled that because people have asked me that. I was like, I don't think so. I don't think so. No. But then I started to feel like I should know that. No, Chase, it's a it's a play on the chosen one. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't understand that yeah. until right now. It goes. I mean, oh, Chase. Yeah, oh, the chosen one. I didn't know one. that. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Yeah. It's the chosen one. Right. The chosen one. All right. Thank you, Chase. Huge thank you to Chase for coming on the show and having such an incredible conversation usual we could talk for literally hours and if you want to connect with him more you can find him on instagram at the underscore chasen underscore one you can also find him on the medicine podcast with his partner mimi just search the medicine podcast on apple podcast and you'll find it that's m-e-d-i-c-i-n there's no e and you can also find the medicine podcast on instagram at the medicine podcast if you did enjoy this episode be sure to take a screenshot and share it to social media and tag me tag at christina the channel pod and tag chase so that we can repost you and say thank you for listening and if it resonated if you think it would help somebody else in your life don't be shy copy the link send it over to them and I'm sure they would appreciate that. I always love when people send me podcasts that they enjoy. It helps me find new information. So maybe spread some love that way today if it resonates. As always, thank you again so much for tuning in. I hope you have an incredible rest of your day and I will chat with you again next episode. 